Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Good people, Pastor Lamarcus here with another episode of On Your Mark. Man, so excited to be getting with you guys today so that we can get on our marks together. Um, and want to continue our series, man. We've been talking about Triggered by the Truth. Uh, and just making sure that we are putting ourselves in positions to fully live the life that God has called us to live. Uh, I know one of the things we set out with this podcast was um, that we wanted to do was to be super practical, man, and really give people things that they can actually uh, incorporate into their everyday life to actually live. And I know some of the things that we've been talking about, particularly on this Triggered series, you may be thinking, okay, where, where, where is it that this is hitting me from a practical everyday standpoint to where I can live? And um, I got to tell you everywhere. I mean, just about everywhere, man. We've been talking about um, things that have been uh, how, how do we say things that have been introduced into our Christian walk and things that have come at us uh, that we've kind of accepted that that we do that doesn't really make sense or doesn't really line up. And I'm telling you from a practical standpoint, um, we're, we're adding things to our plate that simply don't need to be there. And those things make it hard, practically speaking, to keep up with the things that we need to be dealing with. So I, I really want to say, man, this is uh, right in line with what we want to do from a, a practical standpoint. And <clears throat> excuse me, we've been talking about everything from um, just kind of things that creep in on us uh, from a uh, from a standpoint of, hey, Step on a crack, break your mother's back, like things you hear as a kid growing up. Don't split that pole. We've been dealing with those things. And if you haven't, uh, I certainly want to encourage you to go back and start at the beginning of this triggered series. But but we've been dealing with um, things that are that are that are really kind of pervasive that we may not even pay attention to things that uh, we just kind of grab a hold to things like sage burning and um where the moon is, the alignment of the moon and, and your zodiac sign, some things that become so ingrained in culture that um, that we start to, dare I say, practice these things without realizing that maybe this is something I shouldn't be tampering with. And we've gone much deeper um, dealing with things like uh, the occult and and psychic readings and and really dealing in, in I'm going to say it like this, kind of the dark arts and things of that nature. Uh, and we've talked about why that's so super important that we be careful with. And, and by careful, I mean, you go to what God has and you don't dabble in those things because they can really lead to uh, opening yourself up to some difficulty. So we've been really hitting a lot of things. And the reason I think it's so important that we do that is because it can become so easily introduced and ingrained in our way of living. And practically speaking, if we're doing that, we're actually subtracting from our life. We're putting ourselves in a position where um, it is difficult for for us to maneuver. So we got to be super, super, super careful about that and make sure that we're careful. So go back and listen to those, man. I think they will be a blessing to you. Um, <clears throat> last last podcast, we started dealing with the idea of tradition and we kind of gave a kind of an overview, just kind of the idea of tradition. And and the, the long and short of it is um, godly traditions, yes, manly traditions, no, and perhaps. And, and what I mean by that is no, if they're against God, perhaps, or if I want to, if they're not against God or if they don't supersede the traditions of God. So 
Uh, go back and listen to that one. I think it'll be a blessing to you to kind of set the stage. Uh, we're going to go a little bit more into the idea of traditions today as we talk about church service and the the quote unquote traditional church service and, and things of that nature. We're going to continue in this idea as we, we look at just some of the things that traditionally have been laid out to us today. We're going to look at that um, and um, we're going to dive into it, man, because I think it's so important that we get a little bit of an understanding, mainly because, again, when it comes to practical living, I, I, I'm like this, man. We don't need to be adding things to our plate uh, concerning us, stressing us out, causing us anxiety. That doesn't need to be there. Um, this this life in general, being uh, a husband, being a father, being a child, being uh, you know an employee, being a business owner, whatever God has called you to, those things carry a certain amount of uh, weight and stress and things that we have to do. But it's so it's so funny um, when we start adding other things to it, then then all of our jobs become difficult when they don't need to. Um, if I'm and, and I talk about this all the time because uh, I'm, I'm big in the health and fitness and things of, of that nature. Uh, if I'm at the gym and I'm lifting weights, the weights are heavy enough. If I go to to trying to do more than one thing at a time and adding adding something on that doesn't need to be there. Now, I've complicated something that's already difficult. And frankly, before the additional difficulties, while that may have been difficult, I was okay. It was adding the other things that made it more difficult. So as a husband, I don't need to add um, something outside in that's going to make it more difficult for me to be the husband I need to be to my wife or as a father. I don't need to make it more complicated. It's complicated enough as a Christian. I don't need to add all these rules and things in on top of what God has called me to do. That makes it more difficult. And I'll fool around and not be able to be the Christian I need to be, the husband I need to be, the father I need to be, because I've added something in that doesn't even need to be there. I would have been okay otherwise. So that's why I really want to um, kind of talk through this idea. And specifically today, we're talking about uh, traditional church service. And I, I want to dive into it because I think it's important. And, and to start out, I want to just tell you what, what church service is in general, a gathering together of Christians uh, and visitors uh, to be taught the word of God and to be encouraged in their faith. And and I'll add kind of my my definition on to it, a gathering together uh, of a local church to give God corporate worship. Now that that word uh, worship is is leveled and it's dense. There's a lot there because you have to ask yourself, what is worship? I always tell my people worship is not what we do at Sunday at 10 a.m. That's not worship. We call it worship service, but but the only thing that makes it worship is the fact that God has called us to do it. And so we can say in a very general way, the way we give God worship is through our obedience to him. So the things he's called us to do as we do those things, we are in turn worshiping God. Um, one of One of my great illustrations and examples of that uh, is Abraham when he was called to take Isaac up the mountain to sacrifice him as he went on his journey. He got to the foot of the mountain with those who were with him. He said, y'all stay here. Me and the boy are going up the mountain. Watch this to worship, but we'll be back. Um, and and from that, we see this whole idea, because if you know uh, the backstory there, you know, the difficulty that Abraham was struggling with, with what God had called him to do. And his point 
was that we're not just going up here on the mountain to um, to, to build an altar. We're not go just going up here to make a sacrifice. We're going up here to do what God has called us to do. That is actual worship. So it's not about the rituals. It's not about, you know, showing up and, and lifting up your hands. It's not about singing this song or singing that song. It's about the heart to do what God has called us to do. So when I say that, that church service for, for us is a gathering together of the local church to give God corporate worship. It means we come together corporately as a body of Christ to obey what he's called us to do. Well, what has he called us to do? He's called us to worship. He's called us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. He's called us to come together and worship him and recognize his goodness in our life. So, so that's a big part of uh, the idea of worship. And the reason I want to talk about this today is just to kind of give a little bit more insight on into what does that really look like? What, what is that about? Hebrews gives us some insight here uh, because the, the first question I want to deal with is uh, the idea of church service. Should we? Should we be in church service? Should we go? Is this something that we need to do? Hebrews 10, I'm going to start at verse 19 because I think it gives us some good uh, ideas of this. This this is the, the Hebrew writer and as he's talking about uh, persevering or, or maintaining your faith in verse 19, Hebrews 10, verse 19, he says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So that's a lot, man. That's that's really dense. And, and my point in reading that is the writer of Hebrew is is essentially calling us to understand what Jesus did for us through his sacrificial death. Right. He opened up the way he the, the, the curtains have now been rent from top to bottom. He through his sacrifice, through his blood, what he did, he opened up the way for us to come boldly to the throne of grace. He opened up the way for us to come and worship. He opened up the way for us to enter in him now being our high priest, him now being our king, him being our sacrifice. Hebrews is just filled with just the insights and what Christ has done and what it means for us because of what he's done. But what I want you to pay attention to, which is, is so potent here is, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 22, when he says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full insurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. All of these things Christ has done for us. So let us then hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. Don't change your mind. Stay in with God. Hold on to the hope. We've seen what he's done and we know what that brings us. Don't change your mind. 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's the important part we got to see here. And let us consider, let, let you and I, let those who have accepted Christ, let us figure out how we can spur each other on. Let us 
consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Here it is. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, the day approaching is this idea of the return of Christ, but all the things that has to take place before that and, and the difficulties in the world. So we all, as, as much as we see on the news and as much as we see going on in the world, more and more, all the more, we ought to be coming together, encouraging each other, spurring each other on in love and to good deeds. So then there's this, this mandate of um, not letting go of the faith. And part of not letting the go, not letting go of the faith is being reminded and understanding what Christ has done for us. But on top of that, on top of that, being in, watch this, Christian community so that we might, through love, spur each other on to love and good. So we can, so we can be a blessing to each other so we can be an encouragement to each other so when one person is down the others can lift them up so when this is going on the others can swoop in and help so we might keep each other's eyes and, and mind fixed on Christ and what he's done so we elevate and and lift each other on to love and watch this and so we participate in the kingdom of God. So we participate with the things that God has called us to do. So we go on and we're spurring each other on to good deeds. Why is this so important? Because, and I'm going to say this, this has to be done in Christian community. This has to be done in a in a service or church service format. And I know a lot of people say, well, well, you know, I, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. True. But if you're a Christian, part of that that being a Christian is to follow in and be a disciple of Christ and follow his teachings and what he's called us to do. I think it's clear he's called us to come together. I think it's really clear. So so for people who will say, well, you can be saved and not go to church. Salvation comes through uh, confessing of your mouth and accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, believing that he died on the cross and, and that he rose again on the third day. That is how Romans tell you, Romans 10, 9, that Romans gives you the, the understanding of how you become saved. Um, just like, just like, this is a poor, a, a poor parallel, but follow me, just like the state gives you the, the idea of how you get married. Well, if you want to get married, you need to go to the courthouse. You need to get this test done. You need to go get these licenses. You need to get with a licensed minister or a court official. You need to sign. You need to do this. That makes you married, right? There it is. Okay. But once I get married, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to say, well, we didn't sign the papers. We're married now. No, I don't, we don't have to go live in the same house. We don't have to co We don't have to, to build a relationship together. I don't have to go where you go. You don't have, we don't have to combine our lives together. And, and what I will say to that is, okay, legally on paper, what you said, what you've done makes you married, but but how is it that you, in your mind, you feel like it's okay now that you've signed the paper to go and do your own thing and go and live your own life? It doesn't make sense. And the same thing with Christ, especially for Christian marriage. Um, and the same thing for Christ. How is it then that we, we say, well, I'm saved now, so I'm going to go and live my own life. No, no, no. Part of making Jesus Christ your savior and your Lord is that he saves you and now he directs you. And what is he directing us to? Forsake not the assembling of ourselves 
together as some are in the habit of doing. The way we stay encouraged, the way we spur each other on is, should we do it? Should we gather? Should we come together? Absolutely. Yes. Now the question will come up, well, what about e-church? That's such a big, <clears throat> excuse me, such a big thing now. Uh, and, and especially the explosion since, um, since COVID happened and things of that nature, um, can can you be a part of e-church? I, I'm going to be completely honest. There is a lot of, of thoughts and ideas around this, and a lot of churches have e-campuses and things of that nature. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I Matter of fact, I believe that the, the medium of the internet and the social media, that has allowed the gospel to spread. It is It is um, allowed such an access to the things of God that it has been for those who are doing it right. And for those who are representing Christ the proper way, it has just been a blessing, but just like anything else with that comes a lot of responsibility. And so what I'll say to that is, can, can you be a Christian? Can it be an e-church? Can you be a part of that? Yes, but not completely, N not just in other words, in other words, part of the, the Hebrew mandate here is that we spur one another on. Sure, you can spur each other on through uh, text message or responding during the sermon and, and, and things of that nature. But but that's not the fullness of what the text is calling us to here. There is a as a Christian body, there is an intermingling of lives that take place for us to encourage and build each other up and spur each other on in love and in good deeds. There's something else there. And, and I want to be very careful because I don't want to frustrate uh, anybody who who says, well, I'm an e-member and I don't go directly to church and, and I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm doing something wrong. No, no, no. That's not what I'm calling you to, or that's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying is you need to consider the purpose in which God is calling you to. And, and they'll, they'll like it because we have people who are, who are what we call distant members, but, but when they, but they make a point to, to come in town, to, to enter in, engage. We had, and, and frankly, we've had someone who was a, a distant member who literally God led them to, to move and it worked out to where they moved here and, and all of that stuff. And it, and it turned out great, but there should be some sort of, if, if God is calling you to a place and we'll, we'll get to that a little bit more, there should be a desire to be involved uh, in more than a, let me turn the, the, the TV on or let me log on uh, at this particular time or or they're going to they're gonna put it up and I'll just go back and watch it again later. We got to be careful that we don't become flippant about our involvement because are you really involved if you just click on a button, you watch it, got my word, let me move on. That that That's something we need to really consider. And again, we're talking about these, the, the, the traditions and what it means and, and how it impacts us and how we don't want to fall into something and not fully understand understand what we're doing or why we're there. So I just want to mention that uh, about e-church because I think as great as it is, I think we need to be careful about the level we go. And I'll say this, I'll go a step further. If you're doing it because it's simple and easy and, and I don't have to uh, drive here and I don't have to get up and get dressed and I don't have to, then, then I, would, I would really encourage you to stop and ask yourself, are you doing it for the right reason? Because the whole idea of being a Christian, despite what a lot of people have been putting out and a lot of people are thinking have been thinking, the idea is not for it to be easy. Like that, that's not you don't become a Christian for an easy life. And and that's a listen, that's a topic for another day and another podcast that we can really dive into. But 
But if this idea is I'm just accepting Christ to make things easy in my life, then then I, I got to tell you out of love, you have completely missed it. That is not the call. The call is to accept Christ, to become a part of the kingdom, to get involved in a local church, that we might spur each other on, that we might encourage each other, that we might love each other, that we might spur each other on in love and to good deeds. There are things that need to be done because other people need to see Christ and come into the kingdom. So he has things for us to do. And that's not just click a button and, and watch a a video or participate on Sunday and be done. There's other things there. So should we go? Should we go to church? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what about e-church? We just explained that you need to be careful about your involvement in the sense of it allowing you to pull back and not go in. We need to go in further. What do we do when we get there? Like, like what, what is it that we're man mandated to do? And this is where some of the traditions come in. And I want to be careful here because I want to explain because I need us to understand what, what God is calling us to. So we don't feel a, a certain way when we get involved in it or when we're doing this or that or the other thing. So I, I want to read a couple of scriptures. First Timothy four, uh, 13. Give me a second here to get it up. First Timothy 4, 13 says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, the preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gifts, which were given to you through prophecy when the body of elders lay hands on you. This is Paul exhorting Timothy on how to conduct things as uh, as he has set Timothy up uh, to, to, to be the minister or the preacher uh, in that area. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy. Make sure that you are devoting yourself until I come, devote yourself to public reading of scripture, preaching and teaching. So whatever the service looks like, however we get together, the, the things that we're certain of need to be a part of it is some, some teaching, from the Bible, some Bible teaching, some Bible preaching, some Bible reading. There ought to be some praying. There ought to be some preaching. There ought to be some teaching. There ought to be some singing or some singing. Amen. Now, I'm not going into the depth of, well, should it just be Psalms or should it be Psalms and hymns or how there's a lot of debate about that. That's that's not the purpose of this podcast. I just want to give you uh, some insight so we pull away from some of the tradition because uh, there are some people that say it should only be Psalms. Some people say, you know, the the Psalms uh, as they're written and, and they're they're put into song. Um, there are some that says, no, it can be songs, uh, Psalms and hymns. Um that's not the debate I want to get into today. I'm saying it ought to be some singing. All right. That as we see what the Bible is calling now, the order, what order that that's the thing I want to get to, because this is where there, there becomes a little bit of a uh, disconnect. Some people say uh, we got to do it like this, 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 this and this. That's how it has to be. And what I want to speak to on that is the idea of prescribed versus preference. Um, the Bible prescribes some things. I believe we see here that there ought to be uh, some Bible reading. There ought to be some Bible preaching. There ought to be some Bible teaching. There ought to be some praying. There ought to be some singing. We get that also from Ephesians 5, 19. Let me see if I have it here to read for you. Um, Ephesians 5 and 19 says, speaking of one another in Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see kind of this idea of how we we interact there. So I believe it ought to be some singing. I believe it ought to be some preaching. I ought to be I believe it ought to be some praying. I believe it ought to and, and it ought to be biblically based, coming from the Bible. We even have to be careful of exactly what we sing now. Um, should it just be Psalms or should it be Psalms and hymns? That's not a debate that I want to get into today, but I will say this. It ought to be biblical. It ought to, the, the, what you singing <laughs> ought to line up with God's word and what he is saying versus what just sounds good to you. Um, 
But but I want to speak to this idea of prescribed versus preference because you have these stark traditionalists that will say it has to follow this order. And and they'll they'll give you some things that that tend to push in that way or the other. I, I don't fall in that category. Um, I think there are some things that ought to be done in the service, the order of which then it, it just makes sense. Some things just make sense. I, I'm going to read the scripture before I I preach the scripture or we're going to read about the scripture before we talk about, you know, some of those things. And the Bible does tell us that things ought to be done decent in order in in first Corinthians 14 and 40. Um, but but the reason I want to talk about this prescribed versus preference is we have to be so careful that. Our order of operations and the way we put things in order, which is our preference, doesn't become something we try to prescribe to everyone. All right? it's, it's important that we don't make our preference a prescription that everybody needs to follow. Now, let me let me double down on that. And here's really where I'm going. Where if you come in this church. You're going to wear a men. You're going to wear a suit and tie. Boys, you're going to wear a dress shirt and a tie. Women, you're going to wear a dress down to your heels. Um, look, young women, you're going to wear a dress and you're going to cover your head. Like, like all of those things become uh, preferences that we try to prescribe. And, 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 and this may be a little sticky here, but I'm going to say it because I believe it to be true. Not only do I think we don't need to prescribe that for for others outside, of, for others in other churches, I'll go as far as to say people and visitors who even come, we need to be careful about how much we prescribe it then. I've been in church where uh, some, you know, the, the ladies have the, the dresses and the hats and all that stuff on and a young lady come in in some jeans and people looking at her side. It's like, man, this young lady may have just, you don't know where she came from from last night. She's trying to get to the Lord and we don't need to be so staunch in our preferences that we make it a prescription for folks and now we're pushing folk out of the door because traditionally women come in here with with dresses on. Listen, we, we got to be so careful about that. Um, and, and that's really what I am pushing against in this whole idea of tradition. We got to watch out for that. A man going to wear, we're going we gonna to come in here with our Sunday's best on. Like, what, where did that idea come from? Like you got to go to church with your Sunday's best on. Like that's not something we get from the Bible. That's something we came up with because it makes sense on the surface. Well, if we're going we gonna to dress our best for, for the job and if we're going to dress our best uh, when we go out and when we're going to dress our best here, how are we not going to dress our best for the Lord? And then that while because that makes sense, it starts to catch on and that well now I got to put on my Sunday's best to go to, to go to church. The problem and that's OK if that's your conviction. Right. But the problem is when you show up in your Sunday's best and somebody else show up in something other than that and you looking at them sideways, that's what we cannot do. And and I think a lot of traditions have have kind of grabbed the whole where in certain churches you got to dress like this. And in certain churches, you got to dress like that. I purposely go to church some days in, in a, a button down, a vest and slack. And then the, the, the next Sunday I'll go with a t-shirt on with our church logo. I like, I purposely do that because I want people to understand it's not about what you wear on the outside. It's about what's happening to you on the inside. So we have to be very, very careful about what you do in church. Yes, there ought to be some singing. There ought to be some praying. There ought to be some praising. There ought to be some teaching, all of that stuff from the Bible. And then also how we do that 
should not be as much a prescription as it is preference. All right. It shouldn't be as much a prescription as it is preference and how we look when we do that. Should we be decent? Absolutely. But also that young lady or that that young man that's coming in trying to find the Lord should not feel some type of way because they look different. So we got to be so, so careful uh, about that. We can't look at folks any kind of way uh, because they do that. We got to let them know. We got to make them feel comfortable coming in. And and we got to be careful on the other side with people that say, you know, this is why I I don't go to church because you can go to heaven anyway. You don't have to worry about that stuff. No, 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 no. Understand. We're all trying to figure it out together and and we can't let tradition make us so locked in to one one idea that we miss it. We got to be careful there. Don't don't get mad at don't don't turn away from God because of what people who trying to 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 get towards God are the mistakes that they're making. So so be very, very, very careful there. Um, the, the other thing. Uh, church is about us gathering as uh, representatives of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. Let me say that again. Church is about us gathering as representatives of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ is where we grow and learn. So we're trying to figure it out is where we grow uh, to be closer to God, to, to, to help each other function more and more for God. So let me read Ephesians 4, 15 uh, through 17, because it gives us a little bit more insight Ephesians 4, uh, 15 through 17 says this, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as part uh, as each part does its work. So so there's this idea that we're all uh, working together. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. The idea here that, that Paul is asserting is we're not just out here on an island doing our own thing. We come together to build each other up. We each have a function. And that's what that's why I mentioned we're representatives of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. We all come together to kind of represent this, this picture, this portrait, this idea of who God is, of who Christ is, and his great love for us. Uh, so, so, with, with the traditions aside and understanding that worship is our obedience to God, understanding that corporate worship is what we do when we come together. And the reason church service is worship is because God has mandated it. He has called us to do it. We don't worry necessarily about um, what people are dressed or, or how people look or even where it is. Like those are all preferences. And, and we're going to talk through how to kind of make some of those decisions. But we got to be careful that we don't fall so much in one category that we miss what God is doing because we don't like how they dress while they doing it. Or we miss what God is doing because this look different than what I've, ex- I've expected. Or we miss what God is doing because they're not doing it in the right order. Those things become preferences and we have to make sure that we're not prescribing them to others. So those traditions, traditions, ideas and things we, 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 we fight against and we move out of the way so that we don't uh, miss anybody and so that we don't mess up kind of the idea of moving with the Lord. We have to be careful there. So, so what do we do? What do we do? Like, how do you decide on church? All right. We need to do that. We need to be there. We need to go. Uh, how, how do you decide on church? Uh, I want to give you four, four things right here to kind of move the traditions aside and decide what, what and how you ought to go about it. The first thing is visit, right? Expose yourself to godly biblical church. Okay. Visit and expose yourself to godly biblical church, right? Be patient, 
And if you feel weird in the service or, or, or weird about it, don't make that a referendum on all church or all God's people. OK, now, I do believe that that the Holy Spirit is not weird, uh, especially when not especially, but but particularly uh, when somebody is trying to come in, into understanding of Christ and, and understanding things like the Holy Spirit is not weird, man. It's not going to weird you out when it moves. It's going to be obvious. It's going to be loving. It's going to be caring. Um, but but don't leave Christ. Leave. Uh, I hate to say it like this, but 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 don't leave Christ. Leave that place. OK, <laughs> I'm trying to be careful, but follow me. You, you don't want to leave Christ because the place you went to meet him, you found out he wasn't there. Now, I, I got to be very careful with that because I, I understand church and all that. And I'm, I'm not calling out any church. But I am saying this. If you're in a place and you don't sense love, you don't feel love, you don't, you don't get that place. Don't, don't, it, it doesn't mean that Christ is not love. It just might mean he not there. There's, uh, I'm going to mess this analogy up, but, but it's, uh, this story up because I can't remember it fully, but I think it is, it, it warrants talking here. There's a guy that was going to the church and he was, that had been, um, going to a church and he was, uh, kind of mistreated every time he, Every time he got to the church and, you know, they kind of looked at him funny and looked at him weird and all this stuff. And the story goes and, and it's a fictitious story. But the story goes, he gets he get to heaven and, and he asked God, you know, about that particular church. And and God's response was, oh, I hadn't been there in years. And and it's kind of funny. And, you know, we, we we say things like that just to highlight the fact that that unfortunately there are places where God is not the focus. OK, so so be careful and don't make a decision to leave Christ because of the, the experience you had. Keep visiting. You'll find a place of love um, and, and you'll find a place where where the spirit really speaks to uh, cradles your heart and really and you and you kind of get that that love and, and that that family aspect. So I, I want to encourage you to do that. Visit, expose yourself to godly biblical church and be patient as you do that. The second thing is go for the call, man. Right. Don't don't go for comfort. Go for the call. Now, this is the distinction I need to make. You don't leave a place because it made you uncomfortable. Right. There's a difference in not feeling love, uh, not feeling family and then being slightly uncomfortable because while you're there, while the spirit is loving you, you're also realizing, oh, there's some. Oh, man, that spoke right to my heart. Who? How they know my business like that? Who put me out like like that aspect absolutely happens in the church. So you don't necessarily go where you are comfortable. You go where God is calling you. You go where God is speaking to your heart. You go where God is uh, is really opening up and laying out his word in a way that you are applying it to your life. And you can see change. You can see that he that God is, is speaking to you in that place. That is so huge. And I tell people all the time as they're coming to our church, uh, I tell them, listen, Let's get together. Let's talk. Uh, you can ask me all the questions you want, but it's always going to come down to this. What's the call? Is God calling you here? Because if God is calling you here, no answers I can give you. It should change anything about you getting exactly where God has called you. So, yes, number one, you need to visit and expose yourself to godly biblical teaching, but be patient in that process. Number two, don't go for comfort. Go for the call. Where is God calling you? Where is he speaking to your heart and really being a blessing and benefit to you and your family? The third thing is this understand a godly offense. Okay. That, that, that's going to be so huge because so many people go to church and they get offended and now they're hurt by the church. Like, no, no, no. Th that there's a difference in the church doing something to hurt you and the church laying out the word of God and you just got offended by it. 
All right. You, you got to be careful there. Understand godly offense. Don't choose a place based on if it upset you or not or if it offended you or not. I'm going to tell you point blank. If you are in the place God has called you to, there are going to be times you get offended. Right. There are going to be times you get the, the, the biblical way of saying this is there will be times where you feel convicted. Right. Because we're all trying to grow. And the closer we get to God, the closer we get to his brilliance, the more we'll see the, the, the dust spots and the dirt spots on us. I liken it to, to a purple light where you got on the, the white shirt or you have on certain things and you get under a, 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 a blue. I don't know if they call it a blue light or purple, black light. And then all of a sudden you see everything. You see all the lint and all that stuff. And if you show up at a place and you think that that you clean, man, you've dressed up and you clean. And all of a sudden you walk under that black light and now you can see all the spots and the blemishes. You shouldn't get offended at the light. As a matter of fact, you should be thankful that the light has revealed some things that you otherwise would not have seen. So you got to be careful that you're not um, that, that you understand godly offense. God never condemns, but he will convict. He, he will show you some things in your life that you need improvement on. So as you are trying to decide on a church, understand that visit. All right. Don't go for comfort. Go for call. And understand that God is not mad. He's not being nasty or negative to you because the preacher is bringing out some things in your life that you need to address. He is simply showing you some things that's going to practically help you improve in your everyday life. It's going to increase the favor of God in your life. It's going to increase his hand pushing you forward to great and awesome things in your life. And number four, uh, this is the, the last one. Um, look, look for a place where you can serve versus be served. I think this may be perhaps one of the number one things that that I think we miss when it comes to church. Church is not um, a place where we go so that we can get, not just get. All right. You absolutely go to church because you want to get closer to God. You absolutely go to church because you want to build uh, your family. You absolutely go to church because you want to increase uh, and spiritual knowledge, you want to increase your prayer. Like all of those things are absolutely true. But church is also a place where you go to give, where you go to serve, where the gifts of the Lord can be so manifest and so nurtured in your life that now you are able to to watch this spur others on, to encourage others, to serve others, to love others. So so that whole part that we talked about in Hebrews becomes more and more vivid uh, as we build ourselves up. In the church, and I think that it's important that that we do that. Uh, let me read twenty four again. Hebrews ten twenty four. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, uh, and all the more as we see the day approaching. So the the part of church, the fourth thing is that we don't just go to a place and look to get from that place, but we go to a place to be built up that way we might give in that place, but not just in that place. Outside, everywhere we go and everywhere and everything we do, because remember, the local church, and by local, I mean the actual place where you're a part of, where you go to worship, that is just a, a small representation of the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. And as we build ourselves up, as we improve on what God is calling us to do, now we can watch this. We can help to enlarge and increase that body as we're built up by going out and serving and lo loving others so that they see Christ through us so that we we become less and less a reflection of who we are and more and more a reflection of who he is. And they see that love and turn from the world towards Christ, 
to the kingdom. And that's how we help God enlarge the kingdom. And the number, I don't want to say that, that's that's too sweeping. One of the large things that tend to inhibit this is this whole idea of tradition in the church. What we do, how we do, what we dress, how we dress. Man, I'm telling you, it's going to look so, so varied and so different in heaven. It's going to be uh, so diverse and it's going to be, you know, so cool. And, and I just think the churches ought to look the same way. I love going into Unique Life Church and seeing one guy with a with a three piece suit on and seeing another guy with a T-shirt and jeans on and seeing another guy with a vest on and seeing another guy with, with his favorite sports team ball cap on and, and seeing the kids, some kids dressed up and, and, and then some other kids with uh, with Sly. I, I love seeing that because it is an indication of the comfort of a place when you can truly come as you are. You don't have to feel any kind of way because of what somebody else is doing or what somebody else looks like. Now, what about the people that come in dressed inappropriately? Keep coming because the more the, the word of God goes forward and the more God begins to speak to you, as we used to say, uh, if, the, if the skirt is short when they first come in, if they keep coming and, and keep hearing the word, that skirt will start growing. If if the guys not if the guys are pants are hanging down, the, the more they come, those pants will start creeping up a little bit. It. So we have to learn not to allow our traditions to see things in such a way that we eliminate people, godly people, people who could be coming into the kingdom because of what we see. But instead, we love folks so hard. We love so much that that not only do they want to come in, but as they come in, they want to be more like Christ. Man, look, I pray that something was said today that'll be a blessing to you. Uh, I just pray that God would uh, would season uh, my words today with his spirit so that you hear uh, the true heart behind the message and you hear uh, what God truly wants us to understand uh, as we maneuver and, uh, and that we all are able to uh, do what Hebrew said, man. Spur each other up, man. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but spurring each other uh, in love and and encouraging each other to be all that God has called us to do, doing everything decent and in order. Amen. We we need to do that. We need to be decent and in order, but we don't allow our human traditions, come on somebody, to supersede God's traditions so that we're not excluding people, but we, in, we are an inclusive environment and we are looking like Christ so much so that as we represent the kingdom of God, as we represent the body of Christ, it improves and it enhances and it enlarges because when they see us, they see Christ. Again, pray that something has been said that'll be a blessing to you. If we can be a blessing to you in any kind of way, don't hesitate to reach out to us and let us know. Uh, know that we are praying for you. Know that our heart, man, our heart really is that you get to know Christ, that you get to understand his suffering so you know what he did for you and that that knowledge and that understanding revolutionizes and changes the way you live on a regular basis, the way you practically interact with the world because you know you have a loving savior that's on your side man i love you i'm thinking about you if we can do anything to be a blessing to you let us know until next time know that i'm thinking about you know that i'm praying for you and i love you god bless you god keep you and i love you